0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Well, thank you and welcome to the show At the half hour, we'll hear Fibber McGee and Molly deal with antique furniture You know, with antique furniture in mind, I think most of us have been in the same spot. We love our antiques, the pine cupboards, the blanket boxes, the sets of dishes passed down through the ages. And now, just when you want to downsize and have someone pick those things up, nobody wants to take them off your hands. And what a few years ago seemed like money in the bank as they accrued in value, yeah, well, not so much. But another exciting episode of Suspense is on the way. This one is entitled, Three O'Clock.
2: Now, Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations
0: present
3: Suspense. Tonight, Autolite brings you Van Heflin. In Cornell Woolrich's famous Three O'Clock. A suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leder. And now, Autolite presents Van Heflin in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Francie signed her own death
4: warrant. She signed her own death warrant, didn't she? You're a good husband to her, and yet she's two-timing you with another man, isn't she? And you made up your mind weeks ago to kill her, didn't you? Well, now, at the last second, what are you waiting for? You've got everything down here you need to do the job. That box near the wall filled with explosive two copper wires already capped. This alarm clock, what's holding you back? Memories of your honeymoon? She's two-timing you with another man. Weigh that in your hand. All right, then, get to work. First, set the alarm. As she gets back from shopping around 2.30, you better set it for 3 o'clock. Good. Now then, wind it up. Now then, put the cap into the wires into the little holes you drilled in the box. Oh, no, 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 wait. I explosive is kind of tricky, temperamental. Don't touch that box any more than you have to. First, attach the wire to the alarm clock. I wonder why more people haven't thought of this. Probably wouldn't know how to go about it if they did. There. Now the cap into the wires, into the box. Careful now, careful. There it is. Check it over now. You don't want any slip-ups. At three o'clock, the alarm goes off. It sets up a spark. The spark runs along the wires to the detonators in the box, and that's all there is to it. Well, don't just stand here. Get back downtown to the shop. Uh, uh, what, what are you doing in my house? Hey, Duke, somebody is home. That'll
5: uh, yeah, hold him a couple of seconds. Shouldn't uh, be standing there. Must have been uh, down the cellar all the time we was here. And you said you cased this place for three days. Get me something to tie him up and let's No, go. no, 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 don't tie me up. Don't tie me. him again. Uh, okay. Uh, At the cellar down there. Uh, yeah. See if there's any rope around Coil a rope on his shelf down here. I'll get it. No, uh-huh. no. We'll carry him down tie him up there. No,
6: go not tie me up. This house
5: is Shut up, up you. Steve has a handkerchief. Roll it up in a ball.
6: Listen to me. This house is up. Da-
5: Shove it in this mouth. Shove it in. Take off his belt and buckle it between his teeth, too. Fast.
4: Okay. What you putting up such a fight about? This place is a lemon, nothing
6: in it.
5: Take his legs. Did my last stretch just on account of leaving a guy in the open where he could put a squad car in my tail too quick. Okay, stop me here. Now give me that rope. I'll hold him. Hey, what's he putting up such a fight about? Look, mister, we ain't gonna hurt you. Just leave you here in the cellar. He still ain't convinced. I can't figure him. Okay, that does it. All right, I'm tired of this python. Otherwise, somebody's liable to come home right after we leave and hear them thrashing around. These houses are like matchboxes. I
4: wonder what he's trying to say. Don't leave me tired of you. I won't call the cops, I swear. This place is going to blow up, don't you understand? Explode this, this house is going to
5: explode. Who cares what he's trying to say? Let's go. We'll pull another job tonight. Hey. This time, I'll do the picking. Well, it looked like a good setup, standing way off like it is. Hey, mister, will you relax? You'll never get out of them nuts. Hey, what's he so bug eyed about? What is it, mister? This alarm clock over here? Eh, what do you care what time it is? You ain't
4: going any place.
5: Hey, should we take the clock, Duke? Nah, couldn't raise a buffalo nickel on it. Ordered it, Sue. Let's go. We got work to do. Great. Right.
4: Come back. don't, leave. don't leave me here. This house explodes at 3 o'clock. Listen to me. It blows up in an hour and a quarter. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come. Officer, I back. They're gone. They're gone. The only people in the world who know where I am.
6: I've got to get out.
3: Suspense, Autolite is bringing you Van Heflin in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage, Van Heflin as Paul in Three O'Clock. A tale well calculated to keep you in spend. I can't get out
4: nobody knows I'm here 56 57, 58 59 12 minutes to two goes so fast that second hand goes so fast five six seven less than 72 minutes. Help me Somebody help me Help me Help me (laughs) Eleven minutes to two Only Only 71 minutes Not even that now Three Four Five Six Francie Francie Come home and Get me out of this I love you I, I can't help being jealous Can I?
6: I'm sorry I tried to tell you. It's because I love you so much, I'm jealous. But you deserve it. You deserve to die for what you've done to me. Can't you imagine how I felt that day last, last month when I came home? that,
7: that you, Paul? Paul, you, you're home so early. Are, are you sick? Mm-hmm. Another one of your headaches?
4: Oh, I feel fine, honest. Well,
7: why, why are you home so early?
4: Well, I don't know. I just got lonely for you, and I said to myself... Well, you're the boss, old boy. It's your watch repair shop. Now, if you want to close ahead of time, who's to say no? <laughs> come on, hold still in a second. Your 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 lipstick is smeary. <laughs> it is? Well,
7: I was lying down. I guess well, I
4: it's all right. Now come on, pucker up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get smeared again. <laughs> well,
7: I'll fix it. As as long as you're home early, why don't you rest a while the, the morning paper's still in the den.
4: Oh, I guess I will. I had a heavy lunch, pot roast and potatoes and apple pie and What'd you do today,
8: Annie?
7: Oh, hold the usual. Clean the house, what marketing. Wish we could have bought a car. I mean, isolated the way we are, walking.
4: I sat down on the couch, and there it was in the ashtray on the end table. A cigar butt, still moist on one end, still warm on the other. Any, uh, visitors today? What'd you say? I said any visitors today.
7: No. None. Not even a peddler.
4: You're a liar, Francie. You lied to me that time. Time. 42, 43, 44, 45. No clock has ever gone this fast. Of all the thousands I've looked at and set right in my shop, not one has ever gone so fast. It's quarter hours go around like minutes, and it's minutes like seconds. Three minutes to two. That's that's cheating me. It's not keeping the right time. That that second hand's whirling like a pinwheel. Make it stop, somebody. When the clock says three, the the house explodes. Make it Oh, somebody's at the door. Come in, please. Please, please come in and find me and let me out of here. Please, please, please. Gas company. Gas company. The one call in the holiday's routine from the earliest morning to latest night that can possibly bring anyone down here to the cellar.
6: Anybody home in
8: there? That's
4: company. Anybody home? I am. I am. I'm down here. Don't don't wait for somebody to answer the door. It's not locked. Come in. Come in. Please, please. He's
6: gone. He's
4: gone. No. No, no, no. No, he's coming around to the back. Why don't we... What? I said, why don't we
6: go in and read the meter anyway?
5: Even if nobody's home? Yes, yes. Company policy. We never go in to read the meter unless somebody's home. I'm sure they're never home when you want them
8: to be. But
4: I am home. I I am. I'm right down here. I I can see your legs through the window. All you have to do is to bend down and look in and and you'll see me. No, 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 no. Don't go away. Stay. I'll kill you if you go, so help me. I'll kill you. No, no, no. No, no, I didn't mean that. Please stay. Please stay. Look at the time. One minute past two. Fifty-nine minutes left. Not even an hour now. Fifty-nine minutes left. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. How long fifty-nine minutes seems when... And you're waiting for someone. Like the night that I I waited for Francie to come home from a movie. And uh, and she was late. The night Francie was late coming home from a movie. Yes, in a pig's eye she was at a movie. She was with her boyfriend. Well, sure, I was worried. What did you think? You said you'd be home before 11 and here it is almost midnight. I, I was about to call the hospitals and the police. Oh,
7: Paula, I'm sorry. Really, I am. All those... Those short subjects, and then the bus was late. I'm sorry you were
4: worried. Oh, forget about it. How was the movie?
7: It was all right. Nice western. Oh, western? I thought you were going to see
4: Three Musketeers. I,
7: uh, well, I, I was, but I, I changed my mind. I saw Red River instead.
4: Well, I didn't know that was playing in the neighborhood.
7: Well, I, I went downtown. I thought as long as I'm out of the house, I might as well do a little shopping.
4: Were well, these stores were open tonight?
7: No, I... Did I say shopping? I meant window shopping.
4: Oh. What was the movie about? You know,
7: western. A lot of shooting and riding.
4: Uh, How was uh, Gary Cooper's performance?
7: Oh, good. I've always liked him. No, I
4: didn't mean Cooper. Cooper's not in there. I meant uh, John Wayne.
7: Oh, Oh. was that John Wayne? (laughs) You know, they all look alike to me. (laughs) Those, Those big hats.
4: That was the night that she signed her own death warrant. Little things put the official seal on it, like the cigar butt in the living room, like the gasoline drippings on the street in front of our house, and we don't even own our car. And it wasn't a delivery truck either, because the drippings uh, showed that it stood there a long time, an hour more. Uh, and, and like the time last week when... The time. Twelve minutes after two? No. Oh, no, that can't be. It was just 2 o'clock. It it can't be that late already. 12 minutes past 2. Only 48 minutes and... Uh, less than 48 minutes. It's forty-seven, fifty-six, fifty-five, fifty-four. 55, 54. Look at that second-hand.
6: Francie, Francie, fancy,
8: Francie,
4: Francie, 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 She's in the kitchen. She's, she's putting down her parcels. How can that make her hear me? There must be some way. And now she's at the hall closet, and she must be hanging up her coat. Oh, Francie, thank you so much for coming home early. I love you so, and I need you. How could I have thought of hurting you? I must have been crazy, but I'm not now. back to the kitchen. Why doesn't she come down here to look for something? She might stay up there all afternoon, lie down. She might wash your hair. She... She might stay up there till it's time to get supper. Ready. All she does is no supper, no Francie. No me.
6: Francie. Francie.
4: Come down here. I know that you can't hear me, but come down here, please. Please, come down here. Hello?
7: Yes, Dave. I just got in this minute. Oh, Dave, I'm all upset. I have $11 table money in the kitchen and it's gone and... What, Paul gave me gone, too? We must have been
4: robbed. She knows we've been robbed. I should get the police now, and they'll search the whole place, and they'll look down here.
7: Well, I'll look again, but I know what has gone. Paul will have a fix. No, no.
4: No, I won't. I won't, honest. No, I, I haven't reported it yet. We
7: have
4: to be so careful. Uh, you're not kidding. I, I
7: called Paul at the shop while I was out, and there was no answer. I hope nothing's
4: wrong. Can't you guess there's something wrong if I'm not in the shop?
7: maybe you'd better come out. Okay. Bye.
4: Hey. Yeah. yeah, that's good Sure, come on If I go, both of you go with me What time is it? Oh, no, no It can't be 19 past two Only 41 minutes left 33, 34, 35,
6: 36 Tick-tock, tick-tock Oh, yeah. I go there I go. Stop it, stop it and Think,
4: think fast. Think, like you did last week when you came home and she threw her arms around you and hugged you and where that little liar...
7: Hi, Paulie. Hello. No kiss?
4: Well, sure, why not?
7: Oh, what's the matter? Hard day? So hard you can't even force a smile? I'll make you smile. I'll make you laugh. No. Kiss you, kiss you. Come on, smile, smile. Kiss oh, no. stop tickling. <laughs> cut it out! What's uh, it? This in your pocket? Crazy, don't. A present for me? I said, don't. Give me that. All right. You don't have to grab.
4: What is it? Well, it's uh, it's fertilizer. That's what it is.
7: Fertilizer? Yeah,
4: a sample package. I I figured maybe we'd start a little garden in the back few flowers.
7: Oh, that's a nice idea. That's just what I'll do.
4: Yeah, well, I'll keep it down in the cellar. The fellow gave it to me, said that it should be kept in a cool, dry place. I'll buy the seed just as soon as you make up your mind what you want. Fertilizer. She never even suspected that it was an explosive. I brought other things home last week, too. Every day something else. Some more sample packages of fertilizer. Which I carefully packed into a soapbox that I had in the cellar. And copper wire and dry cell batteries. And this clock. And she never suspected the thing. She was so flustered trying to cover up the fact that she had a caller that I could have brought in a grandfather's clock under my arm. And she probably wouldn't even have noticed. It. Oh, but... Uh, Francie, that doesn't matter now. If you... If you'll just come on downstairs. This here... Her boyfriend's here.
7: Hello, Dave.
5: Well, did it turn
7: up yet? No, I haven't heard anything
5: from Paul either. The police will think I did it, I
7: suppose. Well,
4: don't say to them Come on into the kitchen. Coffee's Freddy. What do they do? Just just sit there, don't they? Don't they know that it's 28 minutes to three? Only minutes left now. Minutes not even a full half hour anymore.
5: Don't you think we ought to
4: tell Paul
7: about, about us? I don't know. How will he take it? But Paul isn't narrow-minded. And, well, we can't keep on like this. It's better to go to him ourselves and tell him about you than wait till he finds out. And he's liable to think something else in
4: What's he talking about?
7: I know he didn't believe me that night when I helped you find the furniture room and told him I'd been to a movie. I'm I'm so nervous and upset all the time. I feel as guilty as. It as if I one of those disloyal wives or something.
5: Oh, didn't you ever tell him about me at all? Well,
7: I, I told him you'd been in one or two little scrapes, but I didn't think I'd lost track of you,
5: and I didn't know where you were anymore. Oh,
6: well, that was her brother she, she said that about.
5: I'm coming things up for you all right. An escaped conflict for a brother...
4: Oh, Francie. Francie, I didn't know. Why, why didn't you tell me it was your brother? Why didn't you tell me?
7: Let's, let's go downtown and talk it
4: over with. No, 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 stay. You don't don't go downtown. Stay here.
2: You shouldn't be seen with me. You
0: can get into trouble yourself.
2: Telephone Paul to come here and stay. Yes, 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 stay here. With me.
4: Please, stay. I'm not afraid. Okay. What can I do? What can I do? This pipe. This pipe leaves upstairs. Hit it with something with what, though? What? My head. Hey! What was that? What?
5: I
7: didn't hear anything. I thought I heard a
6: noise in the cellar. Yes, you did. You did. It's me. It's it's me. Come me and take
5: a
7: look.
8: Yes, 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 yes. No, I guess I was wrong. Let's go, Dave. Francie, Francie,
6: come down here and look. Only twenty-two minutes left. Francie, Francie. (sighs) Uh-huh. <sighs>
4: Bobby, don't move.
7: Did you hear what I said,
4: Bobby? Bobby, just turn your head this way and you'll see me. Just a little more, Bobby, that's it. He's looking right at me, but he doesn't see me. Don't you see me? He's turning my head from side to side, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He, 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 he sees me.
7: Bobby, what are you doing? Oh, mommy,
4: look. Does he understand what he sees? Oh, if, if he were only just a few years older, a child of seven or eight could understand this.
7: Bobby, are you coming I'm waiting. Stay
4: where you are, Bobby. Make her come to you. <laughs> you hear what I
7: said. When I call you, I want you to come to me. Mommy, look. Funny man. Why, Mommy can't keep it the strange people's houses. Come on, dear. Oh, funny man. Tied up. <laughs> well, say goodbye to the funny man tied up. <laughs> Bye-bye. Funny man tied up. Bye-bye. Funny man tied up. <laughs>
6: out if I came back here while she was gone. When no one answers, will that tell her that something's wrong? Why does she think I'm stretched out down here in the cellar if I don't answer the phone? <sighs> Bye-bye, Fancy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tick-tock. Bye-bye. Tick-tock. Seven minutes to three... Seven minutes, the alarm goes off. Seven minutes to three, the alarm rings for me. (laughs) That's a poem, Francie, it's a funny poem. Seven. Please let time stand still. Seven. Not six. What a precious number, six. So
4: round so comfortable. Let it be six forever,
6: not five or four, but six for all eternity. Let time stand still at six.
7: head out from under the pillow and see for yourself.
4: All right. It's exactly one minute to three.
6: One minute to three. Oh, I was dreaming. One minute to three, not even a minute... 39, 38, He's not a bad little boy. He always means well, so help him. Help little boy. Mama, Mama, where are you, quick? I haven't got much time. I have 20 seconds, Nineteen, eighteen, seventeen,
8: sixteen, fifteen...
6: 14, 13,
5: Just a couple more questions. All right. All you, right, officer. You there. say when you came in, he was all tied up and this alarm clock here was ringing. Yes. I say. Nancy? Yeah, Doc? Sid. Oh, Paul! I'm sorry. Now, look, just one more time. in this box. There was some wires going through it from the clock, and I pulled them out. you know what was in it.
7: This box?
5: Yeah.
7: Nothing. It used to have some fertilizer in it, but I, I took it out this morning and used it. I... I've been trying to raise flowers in the back of the house. Paul, Paul loves flowers.
3: Thank you, Van Heflin, for a splendid performance and now here again is van heflin first i'd like to say that it's always great fun and a lot of work to appear on
4: suspense and second come on out here tony that's right come on out ladies and gentlemen radio mirror magazine has asked me to call tony leader the producer director of suspense down out of his glass cage up there for a very special reason. What's it all about, man? Tony, I'd like you to meet Miss Ann Daggett, Western Editor of Radio Mirror Magazine. How do you do?
7: How do you do, Mr. Leader? As a suspense fan of long standing, I am very happy to have the privilege of presenting to you this scroll. It is in recognition of the fact that suspense has been chosen radio's outstanding mystery show by Radio Mirror Magazine, which will be on the newsstands tomorrow.
6: Well, that's, that's wonderful. And on, on behalf of our writers, and actors, and musicians, Lud Bleskin in particular, and technicians without whom suspense couldn't even begin to suspend you, right. I want to say thank you very much. Well, my congratulations to
4: Tony, and I'll be tuned in next week to hear Gregory Peck in Murder Through the Looking Glass.
3: Another gripping study in... Suspense. suspense. Van Heflin appeared by arrangement with metro goldwyn Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture Little Women, starring June Allison, Peter Lawford, Margaret O'Brien, and Elizabeth Taylor.
2: Tonight's suspense play was written by Cornell Woolrich and adapted by Walter Newman. Music was composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. Remember, next Thursday, hear Gregory Peck in Murder Through the Looking Glass.
1: Stay tuned for Fibber McGee and Molly next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Marion and Jim Jordan to wear the cloaks of Fibber McGee and Molly.
2: The Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat present Fibber McGee and Company with Jim Jordan as Fibber, Donald Novice, the Four Notes, and Billy Mills Orchestra. And tonight, we're delighted to welcome to this program the listeners to 27 stations of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. We open the show tonight with a shine on your shoes. <laughs> An announcement of real importance to any housewife. This is the week when millions of women are making their homes bright and attractive for Easter Day. If you're wise, you'll start with your floors. Give them new beauty with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. You know, of course, how easy it is to apply glow coat. Takes only a few minutes to do a whole floor. You don't even have to soil your hands. No rubbing or buffing is necessary. Glow coat dries in 20 minutes to a wonderful gleaming polish that everyone admires. Right now, there's a special sale on Johnson's Self Polishing Glow Coat and Johnson's Wax. Ask your dealer for the giant size cans that give you one third more for your money. A pint and one third, or a pound and one third, for the regular price of one pint or one pound. It will pay you to go to the store tomorrow morning and get a supply of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self Polishing Glow Coat in the money saving giant size cans. <laughs> and contentment reign over the McGee menage today our hero has just had a good breakfast and is lingering over his second cup of coffee and the morning papers and here in the dining room at 79 Wistful Vista we find fibber japers crapers. where'd you get those papers McGee
9: mm, what's all this stuff about them college students swallering live goldfish laughter <laughs> bet they're just trying to wiggle out of examinations. (laughs) Well, well. Maurice Chevalier expected to make American comeback. Well, good for you, Maurice. You can do it, too, if you try hard and keep a stiff lower lip. (laughs) Come in. Oh, hi, Harpo. Have a cup of coffee? Did you make it? Yep. No,
2: thanks. (laughs) Say, I see you've got the morning papers. Did you read about that collector of antique furniture who's in town... Junius P. Fort Gill? No, what about him? Well, I was just thinking. He's in town buying up old furniture, and I thought you might make a little dough. Your furniture's pretty old, isn't it? Well, now, say it is at that. I wonder if Look at that old sofa of yours in the living room, and that four-poster bed you have upstairs. Didn't you tell me that Napoleon once slept on that bed? Well, sure I
9: did. That's what the dealer told me. (laughs) (laughs) Judging from the bumpy mattress that come with it, I'll bet Napoleon's horse slept on it, too. (laughs) Say, i bet I can sell that guy some stuff at that. Well, I thought you'd be interested. Of course, I don't know if your stuff is antique enough. Oh, don't worry about that there, Harpo. By the time he gets here, it'll look antique. Sure you won't have a cup of coffee, Harpo? No, thanks. It smells too strong for me. Mm -hmm. How do you make coffee anyway? Well, how does anybody make good coffee? I get a can of coffee, take the cover off, dump half the coffee out, and fill the can up with boiling water. (laughs) Sure. Makes enough coffee for eight or ten days if you warm it up good.
2: <laughs> well, what do you do with the coffee you have left? Throw it out or use it for fly spray?
9: <laughs> That's no good for that. I tried that, Harpo. It's no good for fly spray. It eats holes in the draperies. Well, thanks for tipping me off to Father Gill, Harpo, and say. If you're going past the hotel, you drop a hint to this uh, antique collector Father Gill and guy and see if, tell him I got a house full of antiques. I'll it? do that, Fibber. I owe you a favor for not insisting that I have a cup of that sheep dip. So long, <laughs> pal. <laughs> well, now, let's see. Now, how can I make this furniture look antiquer than it is? I better scratch it up a little. Maybe shoot some wormholes into it with a shotgun. Boy, won't Molly be happy when she comes home and finds I got rid of all this old junk? <laughs> That ain't Father Gill, folks. We ain't built up enough suspense yet. <laughs> Come in.
10: Hello there, Johnny. Want any fresh eggs today?
9: <laughs> no thanks, old timer. Hey. <laughs> I says no. We don't want any eggs. Not on this show. We lay our own.
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I heard it. Way I hear it, one feller says to the other feller, "See, says, see where Jim Farley might run for vice president." Is that so," says t'other feller. "Vice president ain't much of a job for a feller like Farley, is it?" "No," says the first feller. "But if you start out as a mailman, you gotta expect to hold the bag."
8: <laughs> <laughs>
10: sure, sure, you don't want any eggs, Johnny? I fed one of my hens on violets this week, and she laid some nice purple ones for Easter. No, thanks. All righty.
9: <laughs> she laid purple eggs for Easter. I wonder if she laid any for that old buzzard. He's got a face that would stop a cluck. see, now what was I going to do? Oh, yes, I got to get this furniture ready. I'll bust the glass in that desk so, so it'll look a little older. Ah, <clears throat> that looks more antique. <laughs> Tear the upholstery a little on this footstool. <clears throat> rip that right leg off this footstool. Oh, they cut down the old pine tree And they hauled it away Come in. Hello, Febber. What are you doing? Oh, kicking the furniture around, Billy. There's an antique buyer in town, and I'm adding a few years to the life of all my stuff. It looks battered enough now. Are you familiar with antiques? Oh, yes, enough, anyway. For instance, you see that love seat there? That's a genuine, authentic antique, William. That's the very love seat where Paul Revere proposed to Cleopatra. Go on. (laughs) Cleopatra was a thousand years older than Paul Revere. What difference does it make if they really loved each other? <laughs> There's a lot of romance in a piece of furniture like that, there, Billy. Can't you just imagine a young lover sitting there on pins and needlepoint? <laughs> well, never mind that. How about hearing Don Nobis sing this night? Well, that'll be swell, Billy. Let him go ahead while I load my shotgun. Your shotgun? Yeah, I got to shoot a few wormholes in this furniture. That's a trick I learned from my grandfather, William. He was an antique dealer. Poor old guy. What happened to him? Oh, he tried to saw the legs off his old secretary and she swore out a warrant. (laughs) Go ahead, Billy. This night. Take it, Don.
11: This night was made for dreaming. This night was fashion for you, this night my arms enfold you, my eyes have told you.
9: this night for me any day. <laughs> well, thanks, Fibber. But please don't point that shotgun at me. Oh, don't worry about that shotgun. It ain't loaded. I was just going
10: to show. Gee, that was wonderful, Fibber. Yes, it was. <laughs> you knocked out the front window. What could you do with a loaded gun?
9: <laughs> well, <laughs> we all make mistakes. <laughs> Most people don't make more than one with a shotgun. Oh, so you don't think I know anything about firearms, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you didn't know I used to be a champion skeet shooter. No, did you? Why, sure I did. Well, I used to go out in the morning with my dog and gun and come back just loaded down with skeets. <laughs> they was good eating, too. little gamey, but good. <laughs> did you ever try a clay pigeon with wild rice? <laughs> now you're joshing me on <laughs> Well, what were you going to use the shotgun for, anyway? I'm going to shoot some wormholes in the furniture to make it look more antique well, Sit down, Don, and watch me. Uh, no, thanks. I, I've been allergic to shotguns ever since I was a kid and stole watermelons. <laughs> uh, the farmers used to fire rock salt at us. Did uh-huh. you ever get hit? Yes, once. I thought so. They say the best way to tame a bird is to put salt on it. A... Oh, you going, Don? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to go. See you later. Okay. Let's see now. I better start with the piano. I'll saw the top off that so it'll look like an old-fashioned melodeon. Oh, they cut down the old steinway, which made it much harder to play. <laughs> I'm going to have a fine bunch of antiques here very shortly. Now, if I can look Oh, well, What's that? Gee, that couldn't be Father Gill. He wouldn't be riding up on a horse. Or maybe he expects to jockey me on the price. Come in. Well, for goodness sakes, a Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman. What you want, tall, dark, and handsome? Are you Fibber McGee, sir? Yes, I am, bud, but what's he got? Well, I'm
2: Sergeant Wilcox, sir, of the Mounted. Oh. Just rode down to welcome you
9: to the Canadian Network tonight. Oh, thanks. Hands across the border and all that sort of thing, you know? Well, thanks, Sergeant. It's nice to know there's two countries who can reach their hands across the border without shaking their fists at each other. <laughs> Certainly appreciate your coming in.
2: Why, I'm delighted, sir. And may I ask what you're doing with the saw and hammer? I'm antiqueing some furniture, bud. Getting ready to sell some old stuff to a collector. Really? Yeah. Interesting lot of stuff. Say, those old manuscripts on the desk there should be worth a lot. May I see them? Why, a collection of old jokes, isn't it?
9: (laughs) Imagine anyone laughing at those old quips. Hey, put that down, bud. That's our next week's program. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You familiar with our show up
2: there, Sergeant? Oh, yes. Splendid product you have, too, old man. I'll say so. Though it makes hard work for us policemen. Well, how can that be? Johnson's wax makes work a lot easier. Oh, not for us. Why, just last month, I trailed a criminal for 300 miles. Just as I was closing in on him, he walked through a house in Saskatchewan and disappeared. Disappeared? In Saskatchewan? yes. yes. The owners of the house had used Johnson's Wax, and we couldn't find a single fingerprint on the furniture or woodwork or a single footprint on the floor.
9: Well, I suppose you heard about the special limited offer Johnson's Wax has on sale now, a giant-sized can, paste or liquid with an extra third free. No, but I'll speak to Inspector McTavish about it. He's a rare one for a bargain. Inspector McTavish, eh? Wonder if he's the same one I worked with when I was a mounted policeman up there. Oh, were you a mountie? Was I? You mean to, you mean to say you never heard of me up there? Yeah. Why, shucks, Sergeant! I was once known from Vancouver to Quebec for my capers up there. <laughs> Canadian capers, McGee. I was known as in them days. <laughs> Canadian Capers McGee, the coolest, cleverest, crimson-coated cop who ever crept carefully through the keen, cutting coal to capture a crook, continually cantering across country to crack a conspiracy or keep constant control of criminals coming into Canada, and the continent's craftiest constable from Columbia's colossal tree to the colorful cabins of Lake Louise. <laughs> Yes, sir. And the way I used to run out of the barracks and leap onto the back of my horse for my dead run was something to see. Say, you got your horse outside there? Yes,
2: sir. Tethered to the porch, sir.
9: Well, open the door and I'll show you how I used to leap into the saddle. Well, I'd like to see it, sir. Well, here I go. Watch this. Oh, good heavens. What happened there? What do you mean, what happened? There ain't no
2: horse out there. Oh, no, sir, not out there. I tied the animal to the back porch. Oh, dear. Sorry you misunderstood. Ooh. Well, I must be going now, sir. Welcome to Canada, old man. Oh. Cheerio. Oh, boy, oh, boy.
9: First time I ever been saddle sore without even being on a horse. <laughs> well, I better get busy before old Fathergill comes to look at my antiques. Oh, they cut down the old pine tree and they hauled it away. Hey, this stuff is beginning to look like something. Maybe I better check up and see if old Father Gill is really coming over here before I batter up any more of this stuff. Call him up. Hello, operator. Give me the commercial house I want to... Oh, is that you, Mert? (laughs) Hi, Mert. River McGee. How's everything, Mert? Say, I seen your brother on the street this morning. Yeah, he sure looked proud in that new sweater of his with the big H.C. on it. Where is he going to school, Mert? Harvard College? Huh? Oh, House of Correction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> say, uh, give me the commercial house, will you, Mert? Thanks. Oh, they chopped down the old pine tree and hauled it away. Hello? Commercial house? Let me talk to Mrs. Mr. Junius P. Fathergill, will you? <laughs> uh, he's gone out where? To see a man named McGee. Uh-oh. Well, never mind. Oh, boy, he's on his way. Hot dog. Come in, Fathergill. Oh, how do you do, Mr. McGee? <laughs> well, hi, Effie. I mistook you for an antique collector, a guy named Junius P. Fathergill. I expect him over here any minute.
12: Oh, really? Well, now, that's exactly what I wanted to see you about, Mr. McGee. You see, I'm selling him a few pieces of my own collection. (laughs) You know, the Uppington family is simply full of antiques.
9: (laughs) Huppy, you just issued an engraved invitation to a wise crack there, but I ain't got the heart. (laughs) Did you come over here to tell me about Father Gill? Oh,
12: no, 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 Mr. McGee. Uh, you remember that footstool you borrowed from me last week? The, the,
9: the, the footstool? Oh, yes, the, oh, yes, uh, the footstool. <laughs> Shucks, I kind of forgot that was yours, Uppy. <laughs> oh,
12: my, there it is. Yes, sir. Sir. Oh, good heavens, Mr. Uh-oh. McGee. Why, you've ruined it. And that's been an Uppington heirloom for generations. Oh. Why, there hasn't been a heel in our family that hasn't rested on that footstool.
8: <laughs>
12: oh, really, Mr.
9: McGee, how could you? Oh, it wasn't hard. I just took the hammer and went to it. <laughs> but you just leave it to me, Uppy. I'll sell it for you for a lot more than you could.
12: Oh, dear. Well, well all right. I, I don't mean to be a silly girl about it, Mr. McGee, but I do hope you know what you're doing. And
9: trust me, Uppy. I know my antiques. For instance, you see that little wooden clock up on the wall there?
12: Oh, yes. Cuckoo, isn't
9: it? (laughs) Little, but it's cute. My my great-great-grandfather made that clock, Uppy. Oh,
12: really? Yeah,
9: he was always tinkering with clocks. Made one for a friend of his once, a barber, and put a little hen into it instead of a cuckoo. And every morning, the little door would fly open, and the little hen would pop out and say, cut, 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 and the barber would get up and go to work.
12: (laughs) Now, that's very interesting. But do you think Mr. Father Gill will be...
9: Quiet, Uppy. I want to hear how that cuckoo clock sounds. It's going to strike. Cuckoo. 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 Well, imagine that. Wasn't that clever, Grandpa? He put a quartet in it. (laughs) What you gonna sing, kids? Uh, The Cuckoo and the Clock. Okay, give it the works. Tick-tock
13: in the parlor was the only sound. Tick-tock on the mantel, nothing else around. Boy and girl were close as they could be Never dreamt that they had company There they were, there they were, he was baby-talking her And the cuckoo in the clock went coo-coo Every fifteen minutes he grew Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo Be a pal, be a pal, said the fellow to the gal The cuckoo in the clock went coo-coo I believe they're starting to woo Woo-woo, 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 woo-woo. They didn't know that everything they said was overheard. They didn't hear that little birdie giving them the bird. So he said with a sigh, Who's your little peachy pie? The cuckoo in the clock went cuckoo. So I'm just a little cuckoo. I'm not as cuckoo as you. Then he closed the door and withdrew. The birdie cuckoo. The birdie cuckoo. Whoa. Uh-huh.
9: me to give you a little extra bird seed this week. Well, I guess I better get back to work. Oh, I cut down the coffee table to make it as old as I was able. Oh, I cut oh, oh. Better hide these tools. Come in.
10: Oh, hello there, Fisher. Why is your face being so full of perspiration? <laughs> well, I've been working,
9: Nick. I've been aging my furniture. Going to sell it to a big antique collector. I don't mean to tell you.
10: Yeah, I've been kind of doctoring it up, so to look older. Well, for scrim's sake, would you be guilty of deceiving an appearance for the sakes of making a profit, Spitzer? Why,
9: certainly, wouldn't you?
10: Sure, every time. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, Nick, have you got any antiques? Any period furniture? Period furniture? Oh, sure, we're having a little stuffed over Sioux City, that is... A little what? A little stuffed over Sioux City.
9: Stuffed over Sioux City? Stuffed. O- oh, you mean an overstuffed Davenport. Stuffed-over
10: so <laughs> sick, sure. Sir, well, and I stand connected. I know it is being someplace in Iowa, but this little stuffed-over Davenport is being a nice thing, Fizzer. It has got pupholes through it with polka dots all over it. There is being enough periods in that one piece of furniture to make a great Oh,
9: no, fi- no, 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 no. By, peri- by period furniture, Nick, we mean, uh, oh, like uh, William and Mary, and Hepplewhite and Colonial and Early American, Louis the Fourteenth, and all stuff like that there.
10: Oh, but I think that is all being a lot of saucy apples, Fizzer. <laughs> if a chair is being a good place to sit on, what difference is it making whether it is William and Marion, Early Colloquial, Hefflepuss, or Lousy the Fourteenth?
9: <laughs> I'm afraid you just don't appreciate nice things, Nick.
10: Yes, it would be a nice thing if I appreciated nice things, but I haven't, so I don't. <laughs> but speaking of the furniture, it is like I was saying to Mrs. De Popolis last night. When she is saying she would like to go downtown and buy a new ornamental rug. Oriental. Why not? <clears throat> anyway, when she is saying that to me, I'm saying, Listen, Mrs. Depopolis, I'm saying, while she is having the radio on very loud and listening to the Lone Range Finder. Listen, Mrs. Depopolis, I'm saying, and then she is turning the radios to hear Robert pray.
9: Robert pray? Robert. Oh, you mean Bob Hope.
10: Sure. <laughs> Oh, well, hope and pray. What is the difference?
9: Well, what did you tell Mrs. Depopolis about buying the Oriental rug?
10: Nothing. Just then she's getting some pretty music by the Philadelphia Symphony Orchestras <laughs> and is motioning me to be quiet with the rolling pin. So I guess I know when I'm well off to the drugstore to buy me some cigars. Watch well, along, so Fizzer. Don't forget to come and see us sometime. Anytime you're dropping in, pass by. <laughs> <laughs>
9: Well, I guess I'm just about all set for old Fathergill. I'll take one more whack at that easy chair. Oh, I bet that's him. Come in. How do you do? Do you need any socks? <laughs> <laughs>
8: well,
9: uh, not now, sis. The show is nearly over. <laughs> we could have used some in the first 20 minutes.
12: Well, you don't understand. I represent the Wilkie Silky Socky Corporation, and I'm taking orders for our new spring line. May I show you some samples?
9: <laughs> no, thanks, sis. I go barefoot starting first of May.
12: <laughs> well, don't stub your toe, Junior.
9: <laughs> Fresh gal. <laughs> Wilkie Silky Socky Corporation. I should have told her I represented the Johnsy Wancy Waxy Company. <laughs> oh, I better get these splinters picked up before Father Gill gets here. Yeah. I'll have to pick up a collection to buy our sound effect man some new knuckles. <laughs> Come in. Uh, good day, sir. Mr. McGee, I believe. You betcha, bud. You the gentleman who wanted to look at the furniture? Yes, I am. How did you know? Oh, I've been expecting you.
3: Have a cigar? Uh, thank you. I have one. You got two? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh, hmm. They tell me you have a very valuable collection of antiques here, Mr. McGee.
9: Oh, I have. Very valuable.
3: Uh, hmm. Uh, what would you estimate its, uh, value, Mr. McGee?
9: Oh, I don't know, bud. Aside from the sentimental value... I'd say it was worth at least, well, in the neighborhood of uh, roughly speaking about, well, at a guess, somewhere near... Well, what would you say?
3: Well, I'd much rather you put
9: your own price on it, McGee. You would? <laughs> oh, that's swell. Well, now you take that desk there. I'd say about $3,000 for that one piece. $3,000? Is that all? Is it? <laughs> well, that's without the drawers, of course. <laughs> With the drawers, I'd say $5,000. Now, how about that footstool, Bud? That's interesting, ain't it? Oh, yes, it certainly is very interesting. (laughs) Fairly modern, isn't it? Oh, no, that's a genuine Uppington. I know the Uppington family personally. Remember the old furniture designers, Uppington, Downworthy, and Roundweather? (laughs) Their trademark was up, down, and around. (laughs) That footstool is worth at least $2,000, Bud. Is that so? Well, that seems like a fair price. It does? Well, obviously... (laughs) Well, uh, what do you think of the rest
3: of the stuff, Bud? Well, uh, frankly, I, I don't know when I've seen such a motley collection of furniture.
9: <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know your stuff, Bud. There ain't a piece in the lot that ain't a genuine motley. <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's very good. <laughs> or is it? <clears throat> <laughs> Now, uh, what value would you place on the entire lot,
9: McGee? The whole mess, eh? Well, frankly, bud, I'm making the estimate low on account of you seem to be a nice guy. Let's make it a fair and square 20,000. No, 25,000. That's it. That's my final figure. That's very fair. I'll settle for 25,000. Don, we better close the deal quick because this stuff is getting more antique every minute. Yes. Uh, Deal? Uh, What deal? Well, you're buying this stuff, ain't you? Buying it? Why, no. Who do you think I am? Ain't you Father Gill, the antique collector? No, I'm Wallaby, the tax assessor. The tax tech... money? Oh, God. has already welcomed our new listeners tonight on the Canadian Network, and I want to extend the welcome on behalf of our little company and myself. We hope our northern neighbors will enjoy our shows and will join us each Tuesday night from now on. Incidentally, our next week's broadcast is our 200th program for Johnson's Wax, and we're happy to announce that we'll have another visit from our old friend, Zazu Pitts. Good night, folks. (laughs)
2: This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, Racine, Wisconsin, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting
1: Company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Lone Ranger, followed by Burns and Allen. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.